you don't have to be strong. Open up, let yourself be held. Let the people around you who want to help you, let them in. Welcome to the Whiskey and Lemon Podcast. I'm your host, Lana Mercedes. And I'm your guest, Nurjahan Bolden. Okay, Nurjahan, we're just diving deep and I still have so many questions that I want to ask you. And so let's just dive right in. I'm so excited to be here again. Let's do it. In the first part of the podcast, Mm -hmm. we talked about your dance and how you wouldn't go running or go walking, but you would go dancing. Yeah. So how did that develop and how does that help you? Yeah, it's actually developed in a really funny way. So I couldn't run. I couldn't run. I couldn't run. I couldn't run. But I'm because I'm a resilient person. I kept trying. I would try and then I would get my leg would hurt so badly. I, I would try I would jog like three steps my leg would feel like it's broken it hurts so badly Mm -hmm. and then I would walk but walking would hurt my leg and I wouldn't get that rigor that I really wanted in exercise yeah so I would end up giving up I would stop for like six months and then I would try again so I did that for a long time until one day I was I went out for a run and tried to go running (laughs) and I, I tried to run and it hurt like crazy and I wanted to give up. But again, I had gotten to the point where I was like, look, anything that I want is possible. I have to believe that if I'm going mm-hmm. to fully recover from this, then I want to believe that anything I want for myself is possible. One of my mantras, and I realized I didn't share, I have seven mantras that I use for recovery. Okay. And one of them is I'm safe right now. Another one is I am whole. And being whole meant being able to do everything that I used to be able to do with my body, even if it looks different now. So Mm -hmm. I was out there, I tried to run, wanted to give up, but I was listening to my headphones, really good music on. And I was like, you know what, what if I just ran funny? So I started like hop running to try to see if I could run funny and if that would help, but it still hurt like crazy. Mm. So then I started walking And one of my favorite songs came on and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to dance. Like I'm, I, I don't (laughs) care who's looking. I don't care what's happening. So I started like a little dance, a little dance. Like you were talking about the little, like, Oh, maybe a hand, maybe an arm. Yeah. (laughs) And, and then somebody walked by and I just stopped and pretended like I was just walking. Right. And then I started dancing a little bit more and dancing a little bit more. And I realized that if I danced with my leg, if I didn't like get angry with it and like push it down, kind of like I've been pushing my emotions down. If I just let my leg hurt and let it, when it hurt, I just kind of move my movement to the other side. I could dance funny and not dance. I was so scared to be a bad dancer. I was so scared that I would dance badly and that everybody would think that that's how I always dance and I wasn't a good dancer and that I shouldn't be dancing. So I decided to face that. That was one of my biggest fears, right? Mm -hmm. How do you face your biggest fear head on? Let everybody see you being a horrible dancer. So I went to the biggest street in my area and I danced 
like I had no idea which way was up. I was flailing my arms. <laughs> I was doing whatever I could with my legs. I didn't care how I looked. I just decided I want to feel free in this body. I want to stop trying to hold myself together. I want to let go. And so mm -hmm. I let myself completely go. I let my leg go. I let everything go. And I, when I finished, my leg hurt a little bit. Didn't hurt as much as it would if I had ran, run or walked. Mm-hmm. But I felt so filled. I felt so invigorated, so free yeah. and so yeah. whole that I was like, all right, I'm going to start doing that. I'm start dancing like, like, I don't know how to dance. I'm just going to dance however my body decides to dance. And that actually, I did that for six months. And as I continue to do that regularly, I, it was, it was joyous for me. Like it was, it was endorphins for yeah. me. And as I continue to do that, eventually I started being able to run. I remember running for the first time being like, I'm doing it because I built strength yeah. in my leg that I didn't have before. Right. And I built it through dancing badly. So if anyone has anything that they are scared of doing badly, which is all of us, we're all scared of doing whatever it is that we want to mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. badly, especially if you used to do it well, and then something changed in your life. Ooh, the best, the most freeing thing in the world is to do it badly and let everybody see it. Do you watch Friends? <laughs> yes. So you you're you're talking TV running. Yes, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I'm like, just be free, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. love it because you know what I love. This is what I wrote. I remember I wrote a letter to myself. It was I had this activity where I was supposed to write a letter five years from now, me writing to current me. And what I wrote was, look, just get out there and do everything that you dream of doing do it right now this was five years from now me doing because because you did that I am who I am right now and look at best you inspire other people they see you've overcome so much and you're doing great at worst you're that person that's dancing like crazy in the middle of the dance floor that everybody's like oh my goodness if she can dance I definitely can dance, right? Either way, you're yeah. inspiring people. Whether mm -hmm. you're doing it badly or doing it well, you're going to inspire the people around you and you're inevitably going to get better at it. Yeah. I mean, it's like what at a wedding, there's always like one person that starts out on the dance floor, right? And then everybody right? gets on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, be the party yeah. starter, man. So you mentioned, um, if we can actually go through them, you mentioned that you have seven mantras. Yes, I do. And oh my goodness. Remind us on the wrong. first two. Yeah. And then, yeah. If you can remember the other ones. So here are all of the mantras in the order that I practiced them through and how I usually teach them. So it starts okay. out with, I am a survivor and recognizing that being a survivor means that it doesn't mean that something happened and you're just going to get over it. It means that it's a process and that you're peeling back layers and that you deserve that compassion for yourself and the patience to be able to work through everything that you've been through. Right. Um, the second one is I allow myself to feel fully because one of the things that we do is push down those emotions that we talked about and then don't allow ourselves to go deep into those emotions and mm -hmm. trust that whatever we feel we can get to the other side of. The next one is I forgive myself. That one's really yeah. addressing that survivor's guilt you know, that mm -hmm. feeling that I forgive myself for surviving. I forgive myself for not helping other people when I was feeling traumatized. I forgive myself 
for opening up and receiving help even when other people aren't able to. So that not holding on to that guilt, that guilt that doesn't serve you is really valuable. Yeah. Um, the next one is I trust myself and being able to really trust into in your intuition and tap into mm-hmm. that and not just be in fight or flight survival mode all the time. Right. That one's one that, that you can really struggle with as a survivor, as a survivor for, as, for anything, anything that you've survived. So these aren't just for gun violence survivors. This is for whatever it is that you might have gone through. The one that um, one of the ones that we already talked about was I'm safe right now. And the right now is really important because it recognizes that, look, right now in this moment, I'm safe. I'm not telling myself a lie. It doesn't mean that in any moment, anything could happen. It means right now in this moment, the reality is that I'm safe. And reminding myself of that regularly helps anchor me in the fact that actually the majority of the time I am safe. And even if something were to happen, I know and trust that I would be able to work through whatever it is that comes up in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one is I'm whole. So that's part of working through that feeling broken. So many survivors or whether it's sexual trauma, whether it's a physical trauma, like, like gun violence, Um, any kind of physical trauma that you experience can make Mm -hmm. you feel broken in some kind of way. Even emotional trauma can help make you feel broken. And so being able to establish yourself as being whole as you are, even if your body is different, it's still whole. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is I'm happy to be alive and giving yourself permission to find joy in your life. Even, even, after something horrible happened and even if horrible things are continuing to happen around the world recognizing that you deserve joy i deserve joy we all deserve joy and we make the world a better place when we tap into that and we allow it in our lives you know what i think's really beautiful about these mantras are that for me i same thing you said where you have to kind of like not play out, but you know, when you mentioned what, like the paintball on the freeway, right. And all these thoughts run through your head. Right. So I could hear, you know, I remember one time I was in the shower and I just heard like a loud bang and it's like, Mm -hmm. my friend was out here and I'm like, what was that noise? You know? And I'm automatically like all these thoughts where I'm calling out, calling out. I'm like, why is she not responding to me? What happened? What was that noise? Mm -hmm. And then she just didn't really hear me calling her because she was over by the kitchen and then she heard the noise and thought I just dropped something in the shower, you know? So in that moment, I realized how worked up that I got. Like, I'm already about to grab my towel, come check. And then she came to the door like, oh, I'm good. I thought you dropped something where it's, you don't want to freak out. You want to be able to calm yourself at the same moment before you even get to that place of like, like you said, you feel that in your center and your gut to, to know what you're dealing with first before you start running wild and feel those feelings that may not even be necessary to feel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So all your steps are, all your steps are things that can help people, whether they went through trauma or just dealing with anxiety, just things that kind of help you bring yourself back to center, no matter what. Exactly. And being able to ground yourself, anchor yourself in those, in all of those things is so important. And when I started, the reason I developed these seven different different mantras is because 
I struggled with all of these things. And I noticed that survivors around me were struggling with the same thing. So there were, these were themes that I saw across the board and realized that these were all things that even if, the, if there were people around me that were struggling with them, I wanted to be able to prove that we could get there. I wanted to be, I, when I decided that the last one was going to be, I'm happy to be alive. I didn't feel that. I didn't even think it was possible, mm. but I thought I'm going to write this down because I want it to be possible and I want to find a way to get there. So even putting it out there, it's like wishing it, calling it into your life again, putting it out there. I'm happy to be alive and being able to say that it, it gives my, it, it implants the idea inside of me that it is possible and that I can work toward that and kind of, um, it's almost like an X on a map, right? It, it shows me my destination so that I know where I'm headed. Yeah. So you mentioned trusting yourself and your intuition. And I wonder because, you know, different types of trauma, something that's just maybe kind of looming over you. When, how do you personally know that it's your intuition and not you just being scared? That is such a great question. Yeah, it's one of my favorite questions. So fear is a strong and overwhelming emotion. And fear has stopped me from doing so many things because it feels like it's this looming thing that's telling you don't do it. And it's really easy to confuse intuition with fear, right? Mm -hmm. But fear is an emotion. Intuition is a deeper knowing. So if you feel an emotion coming up, and I, I often feel fear physically in my body. I feel it in my stomach, right? It'll be that like, yeah. A lot of us feel it somewhere in your center, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I remember driving to. I was supposed to go get lunch with one of my friends, and I got this huge rush of something in me that was like, "Don't go, don't do it." And I was like, oh, is this fear? Or is this, is this intuition? And I felt it so strongly in my stomach that I was like, let me sit with it. Let me process it. <sighs> let me breathe into it and feel through it. And I realized on the other side of feeling through that fear that I was actually scared to have lunch with her because I knew she was going to call me out on something that I needed to be called out on. Right. It was one of those things where I said I was going to do it, but I was scared to take that step. And I knew she was going to be like, and she was going to hold me accountable. (laughs) And so I had that huge fear and I almost let that fear stop me from being held accountable, stop me from having that connection with my friend and having her there with me. And I realized how much fear has held me back from so many things because I've confused it with my intuition and the intuition is like an inner voice. It's almost, it's to me, this is how I describe intuition for myself. It's a, it's a direct connection with God and it's an answer to whatever question that I ask myself or I ask to God. So is it, is it ideal for me to go to this lunch right now? And then I can, I can wait for the answer. And I know that answer, that answer comes to me, not when I'm in fear, when I have overwhelming emotions and it doesn't come to me when I'm in survival mode. So if I'm in that fight or flight, got to figure this out or else Mm -hmm. it's really hard to tap into that. I had a friend who struggled with tapping into his intuition. And he told me one day that he went into his bathroom He turned out all the lights. He lit a candle and sat there for hours until, until he could hear his intuition. He just, he's like, I needed to sit in silence because I had 
his, his mind was so busy. He had so many thoughts that were coming in and going out Mm -hmm. that he couldn't anchor himself and actually tap into that. One thing that helped me is I had this woman that I worked with who's phenomenal and she would ask me questions. I would ask her something, be like, oh, I don't know what to do about this. Instead of telling me the answer or giving me advice, Mm -hmm. she would ask me the same question back to me. So she would say, well, what do you think that you should do? I was like, I wanted somebody (laughs) to give me the answer, but okay. And then I would, I would sit with it and allow my, just the space of her asking me a question Mm -hmm. and waiting Mm-hmm. gave me the opportunity to tap in and say, well, what do I really want? What is best for me? What is the right thing for me to do? Yeah. Let me eliminate all of the distractions because we have that tendency to run away and look for distractions to drown out mm-hmm. our intuition because sometimes what our intuition is telling us is terrifying, yeah. right? Right. It's you should go out into the world. You should share your story. You should take that risk. You should go for that big job. Whatever it is, is terrifying. So it's easier to distract ourselves and feed ourselves all this input from around us. Yeah. Instead of sitting with it and actually facing it and listening to it. I mean, that's kind of like when we were talking about other people hearing us and wanting to fix us, right? It's like at the end of the day, that's a little bit of like our intuition too. Where say I'm, I'm saying, hey, Nadeshan, I'm going through this thing. Can you help me? And then I ask like six of my other friends, and you all have different advice. At the end of the day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick one, right? Exactly. Something about my intuition that tell me like this is the way to go, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, so another thing that I do that I love this is my thing to do when I'm stuck. Okay. If I have no idea what to do, I'm like, I really don't know. My intuition's not telling me because I have some kind of block, right? There's some kind of fear here. Mm-hmm. So I, I just say, look, I pray for somebody and whether, whether you believe in God or not, whether you like, everybody believes in something different and you know, whether you're asking the universe or just saying it out into the world, right. And whatever you put out <laughs> into the world might come back. But I say, look, I need to hear the answer from somebody that I trust. So my prayer is for somebody that I trust to tell me the answer to this question, to tell me what to do. And as soon as I put it out into the world like that, like again, whether you believe in God or not, you're putting it out there and it may lead you to ask a person that you trust, right? Yeah. Who will give you the answer that you, you're looking for. Or it may lead to some kind of serendipitous, you read the right magazine at the right time mm-hmm. and it, it had the message that you needed, right? But you'll be looking for the answer and you'll receive the answer in the way that you're meant to receive it. And to yeah. me, that's my way of kind of getting around, not trusting my intuition yet but still continuing to work on that trust because that trust and anchoring yourself in your connection and your alignment with who you desire to be and who you meant you were meant to be mm-hmm. is so powerful. There is nothing like it. Yeah. It's fundamental. Yeah. So you're, you're, yeah. Cause you, you have to pray or like you said, if it's, you know, the universe, whatever you believe, but for me too, it's like praying, praying that even if, I'm praying to God so maybe it's not like give me the answer but help me find the answer or if I'm exactly. struggling not praying to you to help me like no longer sh- you know this thing is just no longer existent or if it's you praying about you know I just got shot not like that this just didn't happen but praying to get me through it that I'm strong enough to get through it exactly yeah exactly and I'm guessing too that 
reminded me of your cousin because you said that you just connected with your cousin a year ago what was that like yeah so it was so it wasn't my because my cousin and I have been in touch and not necessarily about the shooting but in touch in general because we're family but my the family friend that I connected with was um it was a really powerful experience because what we decided to do when we reconnected, she lives in DC. So we connected over zoom and we decided to each retell the story of what happened that night from our own perspectives. Oh, okay. And it was really powerful because I got to see myself during the shooting for the first time through her eyes. And I'm sure she got to see the same because in my eyes, Mm -hmm. She was troubleshooting. She was trying to save the man who was dying. She was trying to save his life. Yeah. She was on the phone with 911. She was doing everything they asked her to do to try to save his life. And she had actually held some of that. I don't know if she considered it to be guilt, but some of that, like she felt really bad that she felt like she didn't do enough to save his life. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I felt like she was doing everything. She was there were other people there, but she was the one that was trying to save his life. Yeah. You know, so that was really powerful. And what she told me about me, she said that I was so calm Mm. that it was almost eerie that I was, I was so calm. I was so clear headed about things. I was just talking through everything. I was practical. And it's funny because I don't remember that because I remember having all these thoughts going through my head, right? All this panic. Yeah. Yeah. And on the outside, I was just in, I kept, so I saw this vision. I didn't actually see a vision. I saw something in front of me. It was blood (laughs) with a crumpled cigarette and the blood kept the pool of blood kept getting bigger and bigger. It was from the man next to me. Mm. And I, I just kept looking at it, wondering if it was ever going to touch the cigarette. And I remember thinking, watching that, thinking it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. I thought, I've never seen anything more beautiful. I think I asked somebody for a camera, which is just, again, if I had taken a picture of that, it would have been a picture of a man dying. But I wanted to take a picture of it because I thought it was so incredibly beautiful. It felt like the meaning of life right there. And I actually ended up years later when I was going through my recovery process, I ended up asking this woman who does, she studies the brain and aesthetics Mm -hmm. and how we respond to aesthetics and what makes us drawn to certain things and believe that certain things are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I asked, I told her, I have a weird question, but this is an experience that I had. And that image is still in my mind to this day. I feel like I want to make a painting of this and I I can't do art. So I don't, (laughs) but I just feel like it's so beautiful. And she said, the reason that you think that's beautiful is probably because you were losing a lot of blood. When you lose that much blood, your organs start to shut down and your your brain was trying to focus on something to hold on to, to keep yourself going. Mm -hmm. And then my brain decided to see the first thing in front of me and decided that I needed to hold on to it because it was so beautiful. Yeah. And that, I don't know, it gave me a new, instead of thinking, my goodness, what's wrong with me that I think this is beautiful. It gave me a new respect for my body and the ways that my body saved my life and that I need to value that and not punish it and not, you know, I spent so long punishing my body for breaking when in reality, my body pulled through, my body's a survivor. 
Yeah. And it's, now it's dancing down the sidewalk. <laughs> Doing all those things, yeah. right? Doing whatever it wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I do think you remember that I had asked you if you were down to play a little game. Yes. And I asked you if you were okay to sing. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm down for anything. I do karaoke. It hurts people's ears, but you know, I okay, do it anyway. So yeah. Right. I'm the same I'm fearless. <laughs> so the game, you may not even have to sing, but oh. there's a chance that you will. So okay. let me actually open this up here. So the game is called Lyrical Assassin. And okay. you told me, I asked you who your favorite singer was, and you told me Etta James, which when you told me that, I'm like, yes, girl. Uh, I know, I but also, I hope you're not going to make me sing one of her songs. She's so amazing. I couldn't, okay, okay I, this is probably karma, because anybody I see <laughs> trying to sing at last, even Beyonce singing at last, I'm just, I, it's not Etta. You need to be Etta if you're going to sing that song. But anyways, go ahead. Is that your favorite song from her? It's my favorite. I also love... Um, I'd rather go blind. That's not mm. one of my favorites. But okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you know her very well. So the game, a lyr- lyrical assassin. Mm-hmm. I have ten song lyrics. Okay. And I'm gonna give you twenty seconds. I'll give oh, you. No. I'll give you extra time. Okay. And I'm gonna tell you each song lyric. You have to guess what song. Oh that my lyric goodness. is from. <laughs> So if you get at least five, you're good. You don't have to sing anything. But if you don't, (laughs) now that I already know what your two favorite Etta James songs are, you pick your favorite song, plug in those earbuds so that we don't hear the music and you sing it acapella. And you don't have to sing the whole song. You can just sing. I'll have you do like a verse and a chorus and then you're good. I love how I'm plugging in earbuds because when you do that, you can't even hear yourself. You're just like, ah. but you know what? Well, I need you happen. to hear the music, but we can't. <laughs> it's going to be even more torturous. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. My, I'm the worst with lyrics. You could play me my favorite song and I still would be like, hmm, well, I've called? done this song already with a couple of guests and okay. I think what they have both said is the hardest part is I'm obviously not singing it in the tune of the song. I'm just going to got it. If I'm reading something. So I just got to know it. it. Yeah. So I'm going, actually, you know what? I'm not even going to put the timer. Let's just, we'll just wing it from there. Let's see. Okay. The skies above are blue. My heart was wrapped up in clover. At last. I'm like, let me start off with it. I like, it. Okay. I like that. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep giving me the good one. The easy one. <laughs> I think it's much tougher after this. Ugh, I think everything's tough. I should have chosen somebody that who I know all their music. All right, we're going to try it. I want a love that's on the square. Can't seem to find somebody. Someone to care. I just have no idea. A Sunday kind of love. Oh, I would have known that. I do know that. Okay, 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 go. All right, so we're, we're one and one. We're one and one. Okay. Oh, that was another easy one that I should have known. All right, go ahead. I was just sitting here thinking of your kiss and your warm embrace. Uh, isn't that the same? Isn't that at last? Mm-mm. I was just. I feel like I, I know this song, but I don't know the name of it. 
I can I can even like listen to the song right now. I can hear it. Okay, what is it? I'll give up. Ooh, I'd rather go blind. Oh my god! <laughs> See, I told you I'm so bad at this. That's why I was like, I know the song. That's why I thought that it was just. Yeah, it was hurting me. <laughs> oh, okay. it's so painful. Why didn't I guess the only other one that we were just talking about? All right, go ahead. Uh, when he you went. You could have chosen a, a game that I would be worse at, but that's okay. I'm going to be a sport. Go ahead. <laughs> when he went away, the blues walked in and met me. It's another one where I can hear it, but I can't think of the name of it. I can tell you the album it's on. I know, but I just don't know names of songs. Mm. I feel like if I look up the album and I just look at the names of the songs, I'd be able to say it, mm. but I don't know. Okay, hang on. I don't know. Blue Moon, I don't know. Stormy Weather. Stormy weather. Oh my goodness, Kimmy. <laughs> she was like the worst kind of torture. All right. <laughs> Stormy weather. See, see, you like that? Beautiful. Yeah. So on tune. All right, guys. All right. <clears throat> Next one. It's always mm-hmm. the same. You say that you'll change. Somehow you never do. I don't know. It's always the same. Mm-hmm. You say that you'll change. Somehow you never do. She's like, that did not help me. <laughs> no, my problem is I just don't remember names of songs. Yeah. And also, I can't sing on tune. Those are the two things that make this a hard game. <laughs> my husband always makes fun of me because I'll be singing a song. And then he'll be like, what are you, and I'll I'll tell him what I was singing. And he's like, that's not even a little bit what that song sounds like. You know, I might, this might be a game of like hypocrisy here because I would not do well at all. (laughs) That's good though. Makes me feel better. Cause I feel like I'm just, I don't be singing a song too. And I won't sing any, I don't know any of the lyrics, right? I don't know the name of the song. I don't even know the name of the artist half the time, but I love music. Yeah, same. I love to listen to it, but I'm not, uh, I don't know. What's the name of the song? I'm getting so mad with myself. Damn Your Eyes. Oh, man. All right. So, all right. I'm about to say, I like to think that I, uh, I store other information somehow in my brain. But the funny thing is, I actually don't have, I don't have a good memory in general. So it's not even like I'm using that other space for something. That space is just wasted. It's a vacant space in my brain. <laughs> it's a vacant space. I, you <laughs> know, I would be, yeah, the it. same way. Because I'm like <laughs> Lauren Hill fan, like even Etta James, like Ella Fitzgerald, you know, but I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. Cannot tell you the name of a song. I could probably even start singing on, like continuing right? on the lyrics. Still couldn't tell you the name of the song. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't recognize the lyrics because they'd be wrong. And you wouldn't recognize the tune because I can't sing on tune, but I'd be doing it. Right. Or I, I've been singing the lyrics wrong this whole time. I mean, that's right? what I'm never going to guess. Yeah. I know. It'd be right in my head. <laughs> so. Okay, it's time you for can me to pick, sing. You can pick whatever song you want. Just the verse and the chorus. 
Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and hook up my headphones onto this. If it's like, if you like hate it, we don't have to put it on. No, if you hate it, you don't have to put it on, but I'm singing it. <laughs> okay. You guys can't hear the music, but I hear it. And she's getting in the groove too. Oh yeah. Last. My love has come along. My lonely days are over. And life is like a song. Whoa, yeah, yeah, at last. The skies above are blue. My heart was wrapped up in clovers. The night I looked at you. <laughs> oh, I found a dream that I could speak to. A dream that I can call my own. I found a thrill to rest my cheek to. Okay, here we go, ready? A thrill that I, I have never known. What? <laughs> you smile. That's where it all cracks. <laughs> Woo! Oh, and the spells cast. All right, we're good. Yes, girl. <laughs> no, you did good. Way better than I could do. You were holding the note. Oh, you did good. That's about high note, and I was like, yeah. No. Now I tell you, I can sing. I like. <laughs> trust me, I'm. I'm impressed. There's no way. Oh, I would that was fun. If the roles were reversed, I'd be like, okay, I'm ready. All of a sudden, I'd be like, oh, lost internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> oh can't hear anything what's happening right I guess we can't play this yeah. game yeah no that was that was amazing it was really really good <laughs> it makes me want to sing karaoke and also makes me feel like that was you know it was a high moment in my in my career in my so life, you got to make you know? sure you have that part of the podcast in your ears the next time you go for a dance so you can just dance on down the street yeah down to my own tune yes Woo! The funny thing is, I was listening to it and I wasn't singing at the same time as her. I was like, oh, she's singing that. Okay, now I'm going to sing that thing. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what's happening. We didn't, but we would never know. We would never know. <laughs> yeah. I have one more question for you that I like to ask all of my guests. Okay. And I like to, obviously, it's based around the podcast. All right. And two nurture Hans walk into a bar. Oh, okay. This is a fun one already. Hopefully neither <laughs> of them get shot. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> but we have one, Nurjahan, from, let's say the day after the shooting. Okay. And then we okay. have 
Nurjahan today. Okay. What advice are you giving younger Nurjahan? Oh. <laughs> The first thing that comes to me is you don't have to be strong. Open up, let yourself be held. Let the people around you who want to help you, let them in. And it's okay if it takes you a long time to recover. It's okay if you don't feel good every day. It's okay if you have days that you just feel completely broken and empty. It's okay if you have days where you don't want to be alive all of that is okay but on those days give yourself that one day and if you're still hurting the following day reach out for help because there are people all around you who can help you yeah now Jahan, you mentioned that you have your seven mantras and mm-hmm. you are also major advocate for people that are going through trauma and just there as someone to help. Yeah. Um, I know you're working on a few things, but can you just kind of give some, uh, give people a little bit more information? I know that you mentioned that you have a guide online where people can just go and kind of get some information or how they can reach out to you, just anything that we might be missing. So, um, so as you mentioned, I have a guide online and that guide can take you through addressing anxiety, no matter what it is that you're experiencing. So it doesn't matter what your past experience is, whether you're a survivor of gun violence or whether you're struggling with something else right now, it's called, it's at releasedanxietytoday.com and it's to address that anxiety and it takes you through the steps that you can take. Um, to be able to connect with other people, to open up, to get the support that you deserve and that you might need in life. Okay. Um, the other thing I recommend is following my, me on Instagram. This week was so wonderful because I took, and this is not obviously going to be the week that you release the podcast, but I took a week off of Instagram and off of all social media just to kind yes. of get centered. And it felt so good. And I feel so renewed to go back onto social media and to mm-hmm. feel more um, centered and more connected instead of getting lost in everything that's on there. But on Instagram, I'm usually really active on Instagram. um, And that's a great way to kind of get in touch with me. I do speeches, I do workshops, and I do, I do interviews. The speeches and workshops in person have obviously stopped since COVID has shut things down. But right. I still, you know, you find out about anything that I'm doing through my Instagram page is the best way to kind of stay in touch with me. And I'm in the process of writing a book right now. I'm writing a memoir about this. Oh, yes. Yes. And it's about, it's about, you know, being somebody who was really active, who was really, yeah, was a dancer and kind of got stopped in my tracks and how Mm -hmm. I learned to pick myself back up again. Um, it's also, it's also spiritual in the sense that I thought that running away from my problems was the way to go. And it's about learning how to stand still and face those fears. So that's really powerful. I'm really excited for that to come out. And then also you teach dance classes, right? I teach dance online. So you can go onto my YouTube page and go to any of my, I have 10 minute belly dancing classes. I used to do a live online class that we do together. And I transitioned it to one that was more accessible to everybody because it was a paid online class. So now it's on YouTube, they're free classes and they're everything from the basics to more advanced. 
And it's just really fun. If you've never belly danced before, if you've thought about it before, it's a connection between dancing and, and healing and recovering. So there's a lot on there about connecting with your body, especially if you've experienced some kind of trauma, but also if you just want to get boogieing, I love the fact that it gives you an opportunity to move when we're stuck. A lot of us are stuck at home right now. Yes. Get your Mm -hmm. body moving and have fun with it. Yeah. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. and YouTube. Yep. And then everything is just, and Nurjahan, you want to just spell your name for everybody? I'm going to have it in the episode notes as well, but you can just spell your name for anybody that's just listening. Absolutely. It's N-U-R-J-A-H-A-N. My first name is Nurjahan. It means the light of the world. And then my last name is ah, okay. Bolden, B-O-U-L-D-E-N. So that's the name that's on everything. The only thing that that name is not on is releaseanxietytoday.com, which is where you can download the free guide. But it should awesome. be a link to that in my, in my Instagram and on my Facebook page anyways. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank this has you. been even more than I could have hoped for. It was so amazing. And thank you most importantly for sharing your story and just, you know, putting that out there and allowing other people to connect with you and, and know that they can go somewhere to how they can build and heal from trauma. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you for having me on here. I had so much fun connecting with you. This was awesome.